Hello, thank you for clicking on In The Stands. It was a good one, wasn't it, boys? It was a... Oh, class, Ollie. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. What did we cover? What, what did we cover, boys, that people should listen out for? We covered our predicted league table, where yeah. we individually um, predicted every single game to the rest of the season, and yeah. we discussed how we thought it'd end. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And we also did transfer rumours as well, didn't we, Mikey? Any transfer rumours you thought that were good, you know? That were, I mean, they've got to listen to. Uh, they've got. They've got to listen oh, to. Oh, tease! He's such a little tease, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and Harry, is there, is there anything else that people should listen out for during the episode? Just, just the conversation. Just the conversation, really, because we do go off topic. But that's the best thing about football conversations yeah. when we go off topic. So make sure you listen out for that. Oh yes, subscribe now. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to the first episode of In The Stands. Hope you're very well, hope you're keeping safe, but hopefully you're very excited for the, the Premier League to come back again. So I'm Ollie, but I'll introduce you to my co-host. So I'm also with uh, Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hello. I'm also with Mikey. Say hello, Mikey. Hello. And Harry, say hi. Hello. I didn't hey. even say hi. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. different. Such a, oh, you love but, to see it. You really but do. so, boys... Premier League's back. We're all excited for it, but what are we most excited to see? What are we what are we excited you know excited to see when it, it comes back? Ooh, good question. Ollie. I'm excited to see Danny Ings get the golden boot. That's just my opinion. Okay, <laughs> well we'll get it. We'll get this out of the way first of all. Then the fact that you could probably see if you are watching the video on whatever thing you're on, you could probably see there's a lot of Southampton kind of memorabilia around. Jamie wearing the shirt. I've got. A, a, you know, a room that's pretty much Saints dedicated. Harry's got signed photos and stuff. Um, so we are all Southampton fans, but we, we want to have a look at it as the league. So there is no going to be no real top six bars or anything like that because we're a team in the lower <laughs> half. And we're, we'll try and keep away from talking about our teams as well. We want to try and look at it as a whole, don't we? That's that's the whole idea, isn't it, Harry? That's mm. what we're going for, isn't that's it? All it is. You're, you're, you're not going to wreck it. You're not going to recognise, apart from maybe Mikey's league table, that we are, and maybe James as well, that we are Southampton <laughs> fans. And we're not going to talk about them any more than any other team because, no, we've got a podcast to do that on. Yeah. And that's the, the Saints Prime podcast. This is in the stands. This is all about the entirety of the Premier League, not just Southampton. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to hear Saints, go over yeah, there. Go for that. Cross promotion. I love it. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about the Premier League. So, any ideas that you want to kick us off with, Tiz? What, where do you want this to go today? Should we just do you know, the general? We all did a you know a league table prediction. Should we just go first to sixth and see what everyone says, see what we're thinking, and okay. what if our thoughts align with previous predictions as well? Okay, so uh, Mikey, you could you kind of came up with this idea. So explain what this is and kind of what you you know how we came about with this idea. Do you mind explaining? So, for the rest of the season, we all predicted the results of uh, of the rest of the games, and then it all came up into a league table, a beautiful league table, and it's just, you know, who won top four Europa League and uh, relegation, basically, and who's the team that you suspect will do the best in, after lockdown, and uh, who's going to do the worst. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, who's everyone's winners? I mean, I think everyone <laughs> might have the same, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'd be Liverpool I think I'm Liverpool, Liverpool as well yeah, yeah. yeah. the main interesting thing is how many points have you got them finished yeah, on there? exactly what I was going to say Jambo go on then you mentioned it Jambo how many did you have Liverpool did I got them on 109 points 109 does that mean they were 109 pretty much then I didn't see him losing any or drawing or any or drawing. just all wins no I put all wins that's, that's... to be honest wow there we go Fair enough. I, I've got them on 105 with a goal difference of 59. Tiz, what did you have? I put 107 with only Manchester City getting anything off them. Everyone else, they just brushed aside for me. Fair enough. Mike, what did you have? Uh, I've got them on 104. 104. Um, and I I, I've got Everton to beat them. I mm. think Everton Everton put one over it. Why is that? Oh, I mean, there's going to be two Everson sides that turn up. It's going to be the Everson side who want to prove that like they can do something against Liverpool and they can kick on next year. And then there's also the Everson side that we know that just won't turn up. Yeah. So if they yeah. turn up, I think they've got a pretty good chance. Because I think once Liverpool wrap up the league, they'll. Um, I mean, I know they play them before, but yeah. um, once Liverpool wrap up the league, they'll start rotating, especially with the midweek fixtures. I think they'll start rotating. 
Um, and against Everton, I can see Klopp being a little bit too confident in the side and rotating the players. Um, and yeah, Everton will just turn up and I think they might get them. So correct me if I'm wrong, but if that if they do lose against Everton, they need two wins to win the league. Does that mean they'd have to go to Man City? They'll go to City win? and uh, I've, I've got them winning 4-2 at City. So Fair enough. I think they'll go to City and beat them. But I think I, I think it'll be one of the two. They'll lose mm. one of those two games, but I've got Everton beating them. And then, uh, what could be really interesting is if they wrap up the two games before they play Man City, it seems like Man City would have to give a socially distanced guard of honour, it looks like. So um, <laughs> if that if it, if that is what happens, so uh, but yeah, we see it'd be very interesting to see what happens with the Everton one. You can kind of work it back from there. What's going to happen in the future? They they, they can win up. the league at Goodison, can't they? They can win it. I don't think, isn't it? I'm, I'm not nice. sure. Or, or is or is it? Do they need um? Do they need City to drop points for that mm. to happen? Oh yeah, I, I think, think so. Pend- yeah. Pending on other results. Yeah, depending on other results, they can. But we've we've all given them record-breaking point numbers because you know yeah. Manchester City got a hundred, uh, St Mary's a couple of seasons ago. But we've all got them on a hundred and four, five, seven, and nine. So yeah, we all think it's going to be pretty comfortable from from here on out. <laughs> yeah, it seems I, I've got them down as one loss, three draws, and thirty-four wins, which is amazing, really, isn't it? The fact that I think halfway through the season it was nothing but a win for Liverpool, wasn't it? I think it was only. Mm-hmm. Till Watford came along, which United got the draw as well. Yeah, that's true. It, it's also incredible in the fact that you think back when Conte's Chelsea got thirty wins in the season. That was a record. Mm. That was massive. Yeah. And since mm. then, you've had a team hit hundred points and a team nearly go unbeaten. So mm. uh, it, it just shows how much the Premier League is improving, especially those top clubs are getting so good and so much better than everyone else. Yeah. That, um, yeah, it, it is insane how one-sided the league has been this year because they haven't really been challenged ever since the start. I don't think Liverpool's really had a challenger. No, not really. We we talk about. I'm guessing everyone had City as the seconds, the, the runners-up. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it seems like for City this year, and I don't know what it would be like from the bounce back, but I think as it, it almost from an outsider's perspectives, it, it almost looked like City were. They almost had perfection the season before in the fact that everything went right. They were breaking every record. And this year, it seemed like it was just a couple of slip-ups. It seemed like a lot more losses. You look at, I've got them to, to lose seven games by the end of the season. And you think for a title-winning team, that's just mm. a little bit too many. It seems like when it goes wrong, it, it did go wrong for them this season. Whereas Liverpool, it looked nothing but a win. I think that's what really was the difference between them in the mentality. Could you, could you say it's the pressure of them having to do the, winning the, t- the title third time on the bounce? Because only United have ever done it twice before. Also, there's a big yeah. pressure to get the good point. Yeah, I think there's also a mentality as well. Yeah. I think how... Well, I, again, like, I know it's a different City team, but when they first won it under Mancini and then when they won it under Pellegrino, yeah? Mm. Is that the right? Pellegrini. But they they won it the they won it the first year and then they didn't come close the second year. So I don't know if that's something that because it, it is the mentality. Once you've won the league, it's very difficult to pick yourself up and go again. And that's what made Ferguson such a special manager is the fact that he could pick him up and go again. And Guardiola did it two years in a row. Mm. It's tough doing it a third year in a row as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm sure next season Pep will give him a um, kick up the backside and go. But we're talking about it like the title race is over. You know, Liverpool could come back from quarantine and uh, lose yeah. every single game. City win every single game will be the biggest. <laughs> I mean, Liverpool have bottled quite a few point title leads in the past. But do you think part of the reason is, you know, they lost Sane at the start of the season. Their squad's massive. That's that's not a massive thing. They lost De Bruyne last season. And they're quite mm-hmm. comfortably champions. Do you think now, you know, their, their attention switched to the Champions League? They got a good 2-1 win against Real Madrid, however many months ago it was. Do you think instead <laughs> of looking at the league, they're going to put all their eggs in the Champions League basket? If it, if it sort of continues, we, that's still unknown. Well, yeah. they can't. They can't go back into it for the next two years, can they? Is that still being mm. upheld? It's still being upheld. It's by still yeah, unsure. It's, yeah, so it's unsure, is, but there's still a possibility. Their, this is maybe their last chance for the next two years to win the Champions League. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, probably. I, I mean, Liverpool them slipping up early on and Liverpool really kicking on that probably made Pep go right. We need to focus on yeah. other things instead. 
Mm. It was mentioned earlier about the mentalities of the two different managers. When you actually look at the way the managers get the most out of those players, it looks like Pep wants nothing less than the absolute best that player can give, where it looks like Klopp is better at almost taking that player at their face value to their their potential by kind of coaching them up to that. Which do you think, because it obviously looks like at the moment, the you know Liverpool are getting the most success out of this, but uh, overall, when the both managers, when we look back on this, who do you think had the, the better style in you know managing? I think they both work. They're two different styles, but they both work. I mean, it's proven that they both yeah. work. Guardiola's won multiple Champions Leagues and Klopp has won a Champions League as well. So mm. it, it both styles work. It's just, I think... It can say if you're always striving for 100% perfection and you don't get it, or you never will get 100% perfection. But if you keep striving for it, you will keep getting results. And I think yeah. even though City have dipped this year, next year they probably will go back up and be the best team in the league, or at least challenge Liverpool in trying to be the best team in the league. Yeah. I don't see this being a thing for City now where they're just going to roll over and let um, let Liverpool go basically and go and win four or five in a row mm. yeah. you, you said about next season that break do you think oh, I'll miss up to everyone do you think this 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 period of the league being closed do you reckon that can act as almost a, a mini pre-season not in the fact of the, of the training but the fact of giving a break between football and allowing the players to you know get that hunker back into football to try and get those wins do you reckon that's a possibility you could see Oh, most certainly. You look at Leicester City, for example, and they did come off the back of a good 4-0 winning against Aston Villa and Jamie, Jamie Vardy scored twice, but they were a tiring team. You know, they weren't having a great run of results and that could really help them because they weren't slipping away from that third, fourth spot. But they were, you know, other teams are gaining traction, but now they've had that rest. Now, players like Jamie Vardy, because he's not, he's not a youngster, is Jamie Vardy. He's, he's still a top, top player and that's why he's, you know, a top goal scorer. But he was getting tired. Kilikechi Ayanacho, you know, he's a good striker, but once again, he's not the, the best striker in the league. So I think the teams like Leicester and, you know, all the teams below that they don't have the same squad size as the Liverpool, especially as Manchester City, having that reset button will really help some of them. And it might hinder a lot as well because some momentums have just stopped and now yeah. they're going to have to try and restart the momentum again. So the teams in a bad rut of form, it was great. For teams yeah. that were riding the wave, they're going to have to try and, you know, get the lift the players once again it gives the managers a chance to step back and look if you are in a bad run of form like um, Bournemouth Villa and Norwich have been in at the moment like they they can have a step back and actually have a look it's like a it's like they've been given an extra time to think about what they need what needs to be done with the players that they have yeah. Like, um, I, I know Southampton and all, but Ralph Ralph Hasenhutl went away, and he's created an entire new setup for the academy and the first team, and trying to use like all these things that he's written, and yeah. he's used it to try and change the way that the club is like made. I think many managers would have done that. They would have gone away. They would have made new training programs, made new tactics, tried things out, and. Uh, it, it, it's going to be exciting to see it all come back because it's basically a clean slate with nine games to go. You're, you're coming yeah. back and there's no form table. There's no no last fixture that you've got to bounce back on or perform better in. This is a new start. Uh, yeah. I think it, it, it will affect the league in the end. I think this, what, 12-week break or, whatever, or however long it's been, I'm not too sure, but mm. it will definitely affect the outcome of the league and teams that probably would have gone down uh, in normal circumstances, they've got a chance now to fix their errors and put in a good run of form. Yeah, yeah. Jamba, is there any team, because uh, Mikey's named a couple there around the relegation, but is there any other teams around there that you can kind of think, having to sit back, having to think, is there any kind of specific teams you think this quarantine could really, really help to team with? You know, is there any teams you're excited to see well, I think, coming out the other side? I think a team like Watford were in a lot of danger I think this, I get, you may disagree with me here, but um, with that win against Liverpool, I think that would really give them a lot of encouragement. Yes, there may have been a quite a while since then. I think during, that lo- during this lockdown the time they've had away, they can really see how they played in that game, how they can push that over into other games they've got remaining their season. As I still say they're fake. Well, I'm not too sure what the actual league table is, as I'm, for some reason I was looking at my one I've calculated. <laughs> I was about to say they were <laughs> a certain amount. However, they are in the danger zone of going down. And I feel like they could turn it around as a result of this. 
They're level on points with Bournemouth who are 18. There we go, yeah. Only, only, goal, <laughs> difference, only goal difference of one keeps yeah. them West between Ham them and, and 27 as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. We were caught- uh, West Ham another example as well. Mm. Well, the team, the team that I would say is probably the most worrying mm. is Brighton and I think they've got quite mm. lucky because I don't think they've won this year I no, in 2020 they haven't picked they haven't won have they and I think no. they've only had I can't remember how many points it is since December but it is a really low number that you kind of think yeah. I think Graham they haven't, won, they haven't won in their last five they they are only two points ahead yeah they're only two points mm. above the relegation zone and they've now had this chance to go and try and regroup and yeah. get it working it happened to them last year as well yeah they, they were really down there they didn't have a good performance and they got quite lucky in the fact that they stayed up but but Mike, yeah, with, with Brighton, it, who would you say is a standout player that could really help them get them out of that situation? As looking at their squad, the you don't really see any big names. There isn't, there isn't really one from Brighton's squad that is a standout. I think the um, Yahakambash, or the guy who scored the other <laughs> kick in January, he's had a couple of good performances. Good but in all fairness, there's not a lot from that Brighton squad that you would say are the ones to turn it around. Hmm. Yeah, you, you look at their forward line Neil Morpire's got eight goals Aaron Connolly's got two and I believe both those came against Tottenham they're not a, they're not a team littered with goals and the problem is I think last season they conceded 60 this season they conceded 40 so it's not too different last season they conceded you know by the time it finishes they scored 32 compared to their 35 last season the, the stats aren't wildly different but if you look at the teams in the bottom three compared to this season and last season I think last season it's a lot the standards are a lot lower Fulham you could sort of compare them to Aston Villa just for that they spent a lot because their scores wasn't brilliant they had a couple star players Grealish compared to Mitrovic that sort of thing Norwich Huddersfield Norwich are a better team than Huddersfield and then there's that 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 18th spot which is still massively up for grabs Cardiff went down last season at the moment it's occupied by Bournemouth and then Watford who are both better than Cardiff I'd personally say so I think because the league slightly upgraded even though even though Bryson have got better statistics than last season the teams below them have also massively improved so I think I, if I was them I'd ride and I, I've got them in the in the bottom three even even though we talk about the top four I've got them in the bottom three because I think I've only got them to pick up one point from now till the end of the season as well. Wow. I think they have got a very nice difficult running. So what are you, your boys three when we talk about the prediction? We had the, the first top two and we didn't really come to them, but we're, we're talking about relegation zones. What are people's three in the relegation zones? Do you not want to, Mine, finish, do, do not want to finish off the top four? Yeah, if you finish off the top four and go back onto okay. relegation holes. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. So... Um, so, Thurs and four. Actually, no, we'll just go Thurs. Who's Thurs? Well, I have Leicester City. I do as well, yeah. How many points, Jambo? Yeah. Ah, point 74. Yeah. I've got 72. Michael? Uh, I've got Leicester on 73. Yeah. Yeah, so Harry? I've got I've got Leicester, but on, also on 69. So, we all oh. think Leicester are going to get that final Champions League spot. Oh no, third Champions League spot. So <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna bottle it. Is that is that what we're all gonna say? Yeah, they're gonna comfortably I, I stay think in there. They're, they're too far ahead to bottle it. To be fair, yeah. they've they've um, how many points have they got? They've got eight points on United. Yeah. So I I think United probably aren't good enough to catch them. So I think even if they don't get third, they'll get fourth. I don't think Leicester will finish outside of the Champions mm. League spaces this season. Yeah, but like Harry said, their team focus on a lot of high pressing, like high pressure. And like I said, this gap they can have, they can easily get a great run of form in the last nine games. Yeah, you know, they've got a nice... And they're currently on 53. You look like you've got a nice reintroduction to the actual... Like you've got Watford, Brighton... Everton, which would be an interesting game, uh, Palace, and then you go Arsenal, which is their first game of the uh, the traditional top six. If we're going with that, so it looks like they've got a nice run into the actual um, the start of the new the new season, the the, the reintroduction into the season. So mm. I think I think they will be all right uh, at third. Uh, but yeah, there we go. What do you know? Uh, <laughs> should we go for four? Four people got in the fourth. Four. I think this will be a really interesting one. I'm not Harry Tizard. Oh, oh. oh. oh, oh so the roots are shaking up. Mikey's got Chelsea. I've got Manchester United. Just oh, one point behind well. Leicester, so I think they will make a lot, a lot of ground up. But yeah. I've got Manchester United. 
I've got Manchester United. Oh, see so if you got me. Yeah, I've got Manchester I've United. I've got Chelsea, but how, but how many points though, have you got everyone got them on? So I got Chelsea on 72. Wow, fair enough. I've got, got, got the point above United. Mm. I've got so it's um, gonna be close. Close. Yeah, I've got um, I've got Man United on sixty six, and I've got Chelsea, who's my fifth, on sixty five. So again, I mm. think the uh, Champions League race is going to be really, really close this this end of the season. I think it'll be interesting mm. to see what happens. So, wh- why do you think that Manchester United are going to get up into that fourth spot and you know take over Chelsea, who are currently occupying that place? I think Bruno Fernandes has made a really good impact for Man United as he's come in. And I think it gives Ole options to try and work out who wants to be in that team because it looks like he can now fill everyone in, in that team with a quality player. And I think mm. you've got he's got plenty of time to now try and work out is he going to go for a, a 4-2-3-1 because if you look at that, he can now get, yeah, like I said, a quality player in each of those positions and if you don't want to play, he's got another person waiting ready for him. So I think he is a really good addition to the side. I think it will allow him to start training a tactic with those players. And I just see them winning more of their games than uh, the Chelsea. In that, in that last kind of run, and I see Man United picking up more points, making up the difference. How important do you think the reintroduction of Pogba will be? Because he's only played eight games this season, I believe, because of you know, the injury that he's had. Him yeah. being put into that midfield next to McTominay or Fred and then having Bruno Fernandes as the man pushing forwards. Do you think mm. it'll be... Think how good do you think he'll be? Because, you know, he's played a couple times this season and even then he looked bright despite, you know, the sort of injury woes that he's had. Yeah. Do you think that's, you know, sort of the key reason why they're going to do it? Or do you think it's going to be, you know, a different player like Rashford, for example? Rashford's come back from a back injury. Now, personally, for me, I don't mm. think it'll be fully fit because back injuries take a long time to get back from. Yeah. But it's going to be another option as well. So, Definitely. you know, which one of those players do you think would have the biggest impact in bringing them into the top four? Is this just for me or is, it, or is this for everyone? You're the only well, those who think Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 it's the impact on Man United. But, okay, I think, I think here, if Pogba's playing on his day, he could be the best midfielder in the league. But it's, it's rare we've seen him in his, his spell at Man United, him being on his absolute best. Probably when Ole was first, you know, in those kind of glory days, he was doing absolutely amazing for them. And if we could see those same sort of heights from Pogba they could be a really dangerous force in the back end of the season and especially the start of the season as well. Um, so I think if he, if he can get him going, there's a, yeah, there's a real possibility that they could be a real force of a team to play against. But equally, if he's not up for it, they could cash in. You know, they've, they've, they've had an okay spell with him, but they can always cash in. And I think there's still a few more players around there competing. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I just think it, they... Man United look a good outfit now. I think they will pick up the points they need to get Champions League. I've, I've only got United losing twice till the end of the season. I've got them winning every other game. I just think Chelsea will have enough yeah. to get over the line. I think they've got a five-point lead now. Um, I think uh, they they will just have just about enough to get there. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can see United getting it. I can see United getting top four. I think, mm. yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea haven't got two tougher fixtures left over. Do you I think, think the, the boost in the squad because of the transfer window, like Werner and or probably Werner, Ziyech, and maybe Chilwell, do you think that will sort of help them push through knowing that, you know, when we get these new players next season, we, we can't be playing in the Europa League with Timo Werner and Ziyech because they've came to come to play Champions League football in London? Well, it's not just that. It's also the fact that these players now have to prove why they should be the ones to stay. Nor mm. they should be the ones that should be given a chance next year. Mm. So I think Abraham, he had quite he had a dip in form from the start of the season. He was on fire at the start of the season. He had a dip in form over the Christmas period. I think he'll be coming back and he'll be firing because he's got to try and prove that he's as good as Timo Werner, who they're spending mm. what 40, 50 odd million pounds on. Mm, so I think yeah. He's got something to prove. I think one of Kovacic and Kante also have something to prove to not go out and Ziyech to come in mm-hmm. um, so I think they'll they'll be a little bit better uh, isn't Willian Willian and um, oh, Pedro yeah they're both having their contracts oh, yeah. up at the end of the year so they've got to, yeah. to uh, stick around for a little while longer mm. so I think there's a lot of players there that have something 
to show Lampard why they should still be there. Definitely, 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 definitely. Okay, so that's Man United in uh, four for me and Harry, was it? And then Chelsea for the... I think everyone swaps round for the... Yeah, does it, does it flip round on the next one for you guys then? Yeah, United's fifth for yeah. me. I got I got United fifth with sixty seven points. As I Have we all got like a one point gap. I've, I've got, got a one point gap between yeah, Chelsea. So. Yeah. Mine's mine's um five point gap actually. Ooh. Okay. So, so you, I, see, I put Chelsea on seventy two points and United on sixty seven. Because I'd say Chelsea are a more defined team than United are. Cause like I said, the United are kind of still going through a bit of a patch of Oliver. He's not too sure what his lineup is. The strongest players are, but I do agree on a, on a level though with what you're saying. Well, in this gap, in this break, he's had to rediscover his team. However, I still think throughout the end of the season, I don't see him doing the greatest, but I still keep, still keep him in fifth place. So, you think it's next season that Man United will really push oh, on to the top next three, season, top four? Yeah. Actually, wait, I'll take it back actually, depending on their transfer window, Harry, because mm. I haven't really seen who they're directly being linked with, like a 100% source, like um, Havertz. Yeah. Was been linked to him, but he's also been linked to Chelsea mm. as well. All depends on that, to be honest with you, mate. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. So, after the five, who's the number six? I have I've got Wolves in six. I have Wolves as well. Got Spurs. Interesting. I've got oh. I've got Spurs on sixty-four, Chelsea on sixty-five, and I've got Man United on sixty-six. So there's a <laughs> a point oh, so each. You've got Real exciting in the season. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's your one. I must say, I hope it's your. Yeah. I have Wolves all myself but you Harry yeah I, I, I've put Wolves but I think they're going to really struggle with you know, the amount of condensed fixtures at once they've got a small squad Nuno only really plays 15 16 players out of all of those maybe maybe 17 here or there but when you've got five subs when the other team's going to have five substitutes and you really only use 16 players for the entire season combined with the fact that you'll have three games every nine days I don't know why I think they're going to come that high because yeah. I think They'll re- they'll, they will struggle but I think just the quality of player and the fact that they have been playing so well this season the Europa League hasn't really affected them that much which is quite a surprise to me because I thought they'd finish yeah, really. 10th, 11th because of their size plus the Europa League Yeah, but I've, I've got them 6th for me because I think uh, I, players I, I, like Traore, Jimenez, Yossa they've been in great form and I think that would just push them over the line it's not necessarily ju- I think it's Nuno likes a tight-knit squad so not only is it you know quite a small squad of Wolves he will select you know 18 players to play in the starting 11 throughout like the whole season whereas there'll be a lot of others and a lot of people have been asking is these new substitution rules going to favour the top six which I think is quite a, an interesting one to talk about so it really surprised me this whole season that Wolves were able to stay up basically as high as they were last season and still compete in Europa League but that's possibly why I've put Spurs ahead of them I've got Wolves in seventh so I think it'd be interesting to see, but I think I'll, there will be a, a little bit of a drop off on Wolves. No, I, I don't, not too far, but I think there will be a little bit of a drop off. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wolves seem to be a side that even when they don't play well, they they can just create something out of nothing. They've got so many players that are just a something out of nothing side. Yeah. Um, so I I just think that they'll just get enough. They'll get enough to finish sixth. I've got Tottenham a point behind on fifty nine and seventh. Mm-hmm. So. Again, it's going to be another tight one, but I think Wolves will just pip sixth. Yeah. Okay. What do we want to go for now, then? Do we want to go for the rest? I'll switch up a bit. We'll go on to do a bottom three. So we're not right. talking about all the big clubs too much. Yeah. Right. So, we'll start with Harry. Who have you got as your bottom three? So Norwich, sadly, they're the two that are going to go... They're going to sit right at the bottom. But I've got them on 29, so I think they're getting quite a few points, but not quite as many. Brighton, like we said, I just don't think they've got enough. The squad depth isn't that great. Their defence has been good, but not as good as the other team. And then I've got Aston Villa, the final team. I think they'll, they'll pick up a few points here and there, and I think they'll, they'll get a draw against Sheffield United. But I just think there's not... The squad doesn't seem as harmonious as it was last season. I think they've signed too many players. There's a fine line between signing not too much as Norwich have done and signing too many like Aston Villa have done. If they did sort of the Sheffield United thing where they signed four or five players that work with the tactic, not spend too much, but send enough just to 
to stay in the Premier League, that's fair enough. But I think they've taken out six, seven of them key players from last season and mm. brought in new ones, and that's just that's just ruined it for them, really. And they didn't. They they all said we're not going to be the Fulham of last season. Well, sorry, <laughs> you do look. You look exactly like the Fulham of last season because you spent too much on too many players. They've been quite unlucky mm. as well with the uh, injuries to Joe Linton. Uh, is, no, not Joe Linton. Oh, uh, who's the? Oh, I can't remember the striker. <laughs> Wesley. Yeah, Wesley. That's mm. it. Uh, uh, Heaton's also been injured as well. John McGinn had an injury. Pepe Rainer in there. You can't really complain. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, uh, uh, I, this is this is so. But when Southampton played Villa at St Mary's, Rainer made so many errors. Like he mm. he basically well he cost them the second goal definitely. But it, there were so many times where he just kicked the ball out and it landed at Southampton players' feet. Like I, Rainer's not a safe and secure name goal. rather than quality is that what you're I'd, saying I'd rather have heated and golden rainer that's 100% yeah. 100% <laughs> so but it's who... not a too bad a replacement though Mike that's one thing you have to no. agree with yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can think of that <laughs> I think Phil no, got me... a really hard run to the end of the season as well you look they've got Chelsea mm. uh, who have they got in there Wolves Liverpool uh, Man United I think as well it looks like they've got mm. a really hard run in so to try and pick points up with that hard run I think will be I think a bit too much of them I've got them going uh, down I've got Norwich at the bottom I think everyone does I've got Villa going down second to bottom and Sorry, I've got uh, I've got Bournemouth going down oh Wally, I've got the same as you mate have you exactly the same how many points have you got that? yours on I've got 26 for Villa and I've got 30 for Bournemouth um, I've got 25 for Villa 28 for Bournemouth Wow, so not picking up many at all for Bournemouth. No. Why? Why do you see Bournemouth not getting too many points? What's what? What's? It's a, it sounds really stupid. They're a bit similar to United, where they got they tried to they got to me. Their squads very mixed. They brought in some big names. It's a bit like how you said their name over quality. quality. Yeah, there you go. Like Solanke and Ake, for example. Ake is a good player. Yeah, it's been a bit too much for him. But he doesn't really fit in their squad. And Solanke is a useless striker who won't do anything for him. What a world cup! No, no, no. I think it's because Eddie Howe has sort of ended his circle in the fact that you can be a good manager, but he's sort of been think, there too, yeah, too long. Yeah, it's a bit of like harsh, Nigel Atkins from Southampton. He was he got us up yeah. there. But I think sometimes you need to realise is they can't quite keep him up for too long. No, yeah. I, Even they did it a bit longer than Nigel, obviously. But I, I just think the signings that Eddie Howe has made, they've not improved the squad. You think you look at the eleven that they start most weeks. A lot of them are still the lot that played for them in League One in the Championship. Yeah, and I think it's they've gotten across the line mainly because they haven't been as bad as the teams that have gone down. But this mm. year, I just don't, I don't see like teams that are worse than them I've got them 19th um, wow. I've, I've got them uh-huh. on 32 points and I've got Brighton on 32 points and I've got Villa on a 36 and 17th so I think Villa might have a push at the end because I think one of their problems was the fact that they had a lot of transfers but now they've had three weeks or so to try and sort out whatever the hell they had I don't know if Heaton's back or not I think he'll be key if mm. Heaton's back for Villa staying up because uh, I think he, he can get points on his own. He proved that at Burnley. Especially, I think I remember one performance away at Old Trafford where Burnley got a point and he was outstanding in that game. So I think Heaton can get points on his own. Um, and I think that will be important for Villa survival. Mm. Yeah. I think I, I sort of agree with you with Bournemouth. I've got them 16th, five points from safety, uh, five points above safety. But you sort of look at their squad in previous seasons they've sort of gone I don't care because I'm going to outscore you so I don't really care about how many I can see whereas Fraser last season what 15, 16 assists this this season what 1, 2 he's not been that great Wilson normally on fire has done nothing well he's not done nothing he's, he's just he's his numbers have de- decreased massively Solanke they paid this year. yeah Solanke 19 million he hasn't he hasn't what one go I think that was in the League Cup as well and Kings has an okay season without, without being fantastic they're conceding the same amount but they're scoring a lot less um, yeah that, that's that's a main reason why they've got a certain chance of going down and why they're in their situation at the moment yeah they're the fourth lowest scorers in the league this year 
They've got 29 goals this season, so... Yeah, it doesn't look great for them, does it? Their last away form, they've ha- they've lost every single game they've had away. They've got 0.67 <laughs> points per game on the road, so not looking great for them, stats-wise. Form, Paul, <laughs> apparently. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look great. I've got them going down in that 18th position. Um, what do we want to do about the middle bit? Do we want to quickly rattle off where we got people? Well, should we just say any, why any we... Interesting, yeah, if, if you, what team do you think will perform above expectations So compare it to the mm. current league table to where they've got finishing? Okay. Uh, any team mm. perform above expectation? Uh, I can quickly it's... give you mine if you want. I've got, yeah, I've, got, I've, got, I've got Watford three points above safety at 16, which I think is pretty good from them for you. Well, I think Pearson will just set them up to scrap and... I think that it will it will just get them playing, you know, nothing beautiful to watch, but I think it will just get them scrappy draws that they'll need. Uh, I've got Brighton two points above safety. Uh, you kind of got your middle ground. I've got Sheffield United in ninth on 53. Mm. I, I think they've had a really good season, but that kind of Champions League push, I just kind of see them falling off near the end. Um, Arsenal in eighth, probably quite an underwhelming one for them, but they've also had a minute managerial change halfway through. And yeah, like I said, I've had Wolves in the Spurs seventh and sixth. So that's kind of the over and under performers mm. in my table. Anyone else's care to oh. share those? So talking about Sheffield United there, before we go on to that, where, where do you guys put Sheffield United? Because obviously they've had a fantastic season with mm. this break. You know, I'm serious, Oli. I think this is going to hinder them. I've put them ninth as well. So where Jamie, or Mikey, where have you put them? I've also put them in ninth place with well, hey, 54 I've points. Got them in eighth. So they're not getting Europa League football, is what we're no. saying. But or Champions League. Technically, they can, can't they? Because if them um, City Champions aren't in, yeah. By by a normal turn, they're not. Why, why do you guys think that? Because obviously, Ollie sort of said it. Why, why do you guys think they're going to take such a, a sharp decline in the, in the coming weeks? Because form's so important, and mm. they were always getting results they were nicking oh no not nicking results that's harsh on them um they were they were getting some grinding yeah one nil results and they were just playing very good defensively and the form break i think it will take a toll on them and i think also because managers have been able to analyze over the last couple of weeks and like looking at other teams i think they could be like they could be found out maybe towards the end of the season I think that'll be the reason why they will just dip under that Europa League spot. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, yeah, I think I think No, what are you gonna say it is? Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think that's a big a big, big reason. So you're sort of saying that there. Do you think if we didn't have the break, they'd make the top six? Or do you think because of squad quality in terms of man for man, do you think they would have dropped off anyway? No, I think they would have dropped off anyway. I don't think they would have got top six. I think mm. maybe seventh. I think they could have finished above Spurs. But I just, yeah, I think it will just be them being found out a little bit too. And I would find it interesting to see how they do in the next season as well. Because mm. just of... You, you've seen teams do really really well in their first season and then just dip the second season and they could be close to the relegation the uh, relegation zone next year if yeah. they don't improve what's remarkable with me for um, Sheffield United and this came across to me when I was predicting my games it seems like and they have that Wolves mentality where they're so high they will lose to the top teams at the moment so you have a look they lost both their games versus Liverpool Man City lost their game to Leicester still got to play Leicester but apart from that, they've only lost to Newcastle and Southampton at uh, home. The rest, they're either mm. wins or draws. So it seems like even if they're not playing their absolute best game, they'll go away and they'll get a one-all draw or they'll get a nil-nil draw or something like that. And their defensive record sets them in such a good stead. And I don't know whether it will be the... I don't know whether, how much of an effect the break will have on their defence because if they're, they're well, well drilled, I think they should be all right. I think, like you said, Mikey, the only... Downside might be people might spot potential weaknesses in that um, in that defence, but they've only I think the, the second best uh, defence in the league, only behind Liverpool. So they have really proved this year that their defence has been a real strong point for them. Um, they, they yeah, they've only conceded twenty five this year. Yeah, twenty five and twenty eight, which is an incredible record, especially for a newly promoted side. Mm. And I think people people do say when when you get promoted, usually if you're if your defensive record is good, you'll struggle because you really need to try and find goals. But Sheffield United have managed to find goals and keep that defence strong. 
Yeah, and that's that's why they are where they are now in seventh because they are they are performing so well this year. Definitely, yeah. Mm. I, I've got Arsenal in ninth. I don't think Never Arsenal go. will kick on um, at all uh, yeah. after the break. Uh, Southampton in tenth, but I think that's just because I'm biased. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I got them eleventh. Yeah, I, I, I would say probably by the end of it, Southampton would be around thirteenth, fourteenth. But thirteenth, forty-four points. One team I think could be quite interesting is Tottenham, with um, players coming back from injury like Harry Kane and Human Song. I could really see them kicking off and doing quite well. Especially the more time for Mourinho to really develop the players, how he wants to play the teams. What are your thoughts on that, Harry? Yeah, I think the problem is they just can't afford to get Harry Kane injured again because then they don't mm. really have that second choice striker. If Son stays fit, brilliant. But Lucas is Lucas isn't a central striker. The light main issue is that yes, Harry Kane could be fit. But he's not been fit since January, and you're not going to get in, get him starting all nine games because if you get if you've got three games in nine days, he can't start all of those because he just won't be fit enough, mm. and you'll just get another recurring injury. So for me, I've got them in seventh, and I think how many points in front? Same, of, yeah. There's seven points in front of um, Arsenal, so quite comfortably. How many points so. is that though, Harry? That is sixty with Arsenal on fifty-three. Ah, same here. So I got. I think there's I a got, good. So I think there's a good chance that they they will go up in the table, and I think their tactic their tactic under Mourinho now is you know they've allegedly done some not so brilliant social distancing earlier in, in the lockdown <laughs> to get players like and Don Bellet's fitness up. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a good chance that they can go up, especially if Harry Kane is fully fit, if Son's fully fit as well, because mm, they yeah. can't play Harry Kane too much, otherwise it'll backfire and it might enter into next season. And if it's only a couple of months or when this one finishes. Yeah. See, I like to say, Ollie, what have you got your seventh, eighth, that sort of area looking like? Um, what did I say? I had, I had uh, Wolves at seventh, Arsenal at eighth, Sheffield United at ninth, which we kind of covered. Um, but mm. apart from that, it's your middle teams, really. I think Burnley will just get points at home. Everton look good under Ancelotti, they'll pick up points. Palace at 12th, Southampton at 13th, Newcastle, again, I think they will just get their points at home. West Ham, another one where they wanted that null and void. Um, they had their, who was it? <laughs> they had their uh, chair lady. Karen Blake. Yeah. Karen Brady? Something like that, yeah. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Coming out and trying to uh, get, using her column to try and uh, null and void the season, which <laughs> always inspires confidence, isn't it? But I think it will just be another vaguely unsuccessful one for West Ham where, they will try and inspire with a transfer window. Probably won't work and a lot of money spent. I, 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 don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what you do at West Ham, but yeah. Are they too I, good I, to go down? Is that what you're saying? Because their score quality compared to the teams around them, do you think they will just get it done? Sort I really don't like the phrase that, that a squad is too good to go down because it almost seems like just the players they've got there. But I think... Although Moyes was, again, uninspiring, I think he will <laughs> steady the ship. I think he will play players that will work and do, you know, put in that hard effort just to get the points they need. And then uh, I think they might have to do some serious reconsidering in the summer and see who wants to stay there and who doesn't. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be just a, another kind of average one for West Ham, really. Uh, any kind of middle, middle uh, teams that are you kind of interested on? Quite funny listening no, to yours because apart from Southampton in tenth, if you move Southampton down to do you have him fourteenth or thirteenth? I can't remember which one it was. I have thirteenth, um, yeah. Same. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, mine will be similar reasons to yours and just the fact that everyone just will pick up points between tenth and sixteenth. Yeah. They will just get points and they will find themselves away from the relegation zone. The mm. only one that I've got close is um I've got West Ham and Watford on thirty six and Villa West Ham, Watford and Villa all on thirty six and Brighton on thirty two. <laughs> I think they'll be close. But mm. I think the rest of them have got a little bit too much well not they'll be able to get points um in the in the fixtures that they have. There we go then. Awesome. Is that kind of league done? Any kind of thoughts on the our league predictions or should we go on to something else, kind of wrap it up to something else? Yeah, sure. So who do you think is going to be the top goal scorer? We'll quickly say that. 
quickly, oh. everyone say one name and then we'll, we'll discuss. Who's going to be oh. the Premier League top goal scorer? Who's up there at the moment? I don't really know. Oh. So Let you, me hang on. Je- oh, oh, he's on 19, Aubameyang's on 17, Salah and Aguero on 16, Ings is on 15, Mane, Rashford both on 14. Oh, and then, all right, everyone had a whip round to see it. Who do we think then? I'm going to go Aguero because I think that's, Man City, oh, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's. Sorry, he's not in my fancy team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got him in straight away because I was just looking at him thinking, Man City, they've got to do, they've basically got players as well as they can. Aguero's had time to recover. I think he will just back them. But for, the, for the, that end bit, I think he will just score goals for fun. So I think Aguero's going to end up being the uh, top goal scorer. The only problem I can see with that is City rotating. Extra rotation, yeah. Mm. That's the only thing, yeah. Five subs. Vardy's for me, he's three three clear of Aguero, he's fully fit. So I think think Jamie Vardy will end on the season with 24, 25 goals and get the golden boot. Wow. Fair enough. Jambo? So stupid. I I kind of agree with Tizard there. I think Vardy's Three ahead of Aguero, am I? Yeah, two yeah. in front of the back. <laughs> yeah, it was just like someone said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, mine's looking really weird. I'm on the fantasy app for some reason. But um, anyway, yeah, I don't really see, because like, like I said, the rotation in Man City would be ridiculous without the players they have. I can see Vardy playing in the majority of the games, but obviously he'll be rested every now and then and pick up quite a few goals. Okay, fair enough. All right, so we've got uh, got top goal scorer. Any other kind of predictions or talking points to us you can... You've got jotted down. Well, well, the only only other couple things that I've got us to talk about is there's a few little transfer rumours going around. We'll, we'll, We'll try and go through a couple of them. There's four that I've sort of jotted down. You know, we've talked about them already. Set to stay at Manchester United, but Yannis, I think, is going to say, and what, what do you think your thoughts are or what are your thoughts on Paul Pogba? do you think he's going to stay or do you think he's going to go at the end of the season I think I he'll give it a year I, I think yeah, he'll, 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 he'll see because the transfer window that United had last summer was good it wasn't anything special it was good but they bought in Bruno Fernandes in January and you think if they can still attract that sort of calibre of player with not being in the Champions League there are options out there, especially if they do kick on and get that top four place. There are options out there for them to bring in. Of course, they've been linked with Kai Havertz as well um, from Bayern Leverkusen. Um, and if they can bring in that sort of player, they can have Rashford and Martial fit um, and, and Greenwood continue to kick on. I think United can become a real force in the next two, three seasons. I think they yeah. could become title challengers with the right signings. Um, but it's whether Pogba wants to give it those two or three years to get to that point, or he could just move back to Juventus and win multiple Serie A's and <laughs> yeah. play with Ronaldo. Yeah. So you know he's he's got. He's oh, got, it's like Ronaldo's going well, from Juventus. Isn't it? Yeah. What do you what do you think Man, uh, Manchester United need? Because you look at that, they've been linked with a lot. They've been testing the waters. Apparently. Uh, they're stepping up to get Grealish and uh, Sancho's always one that's been rumoured. Like, what do, what do you realistically think Man United, Man United, Man United, Man United need to finish that side off? I think sorry, it's, it's a difficult one. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I will say, because you think De Gea, I know he's had quite a poor season this year. He's made quite a few mistakes, but he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the world for probably the last decade. Yeah. Um, or at least the majority of the last decade. Left-back, uh, Wan-Bissaka is solid at right-back, Luke Shaw's decent at left-back, Maguire and Lindelof have formed quite a nice partnership this year as well, it seems like. Uh, if they eat one of McTominay, Fred, Pogba in that midfield, I mean, Pogba and one of the other two, that's solid. And you look at their attack now with Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, you know, it, it's a solid start in eleven. I think if they can bring like a Sancho or someone like that, just a, another game-changing player, they can kick on and get results. I think maybe another centre-back next to Maguire might be the only thing as well. Yeah. What, what do you think about... Because um, another one that scares me, if all these rumours are true, is the Chelsea team. Because I think Man United look very good with the players they got there with a couple of additions. But the overhaul that Chelsea look like they're going to get 
if they, you know, get these players they're talking about, like Chilwell would be a solid left back to replace Alonso. Werner is going to be 20 goals a season. Well, pretty much the best guarantee you can get. You know, he's one of the best hot prospects at the moment. Uh, I mean, who else are they link with? Havertz, like oh, he's mentioned. ZH. ZH is already coming in, isn't he? Um, <laughs> apparently, Chelsea are offering 75 mil for Havertz. Leverkusen want 90 mil. But you think if they reach an agreement on that as well, that is a scarily good team coming into the next season as well, isn't it? They've got. They don't really need Havertz, though. That's the thing, yeah. No. But I think if you're going to be able to buy one of the hottest prospects in Europe, mm. you're going to try and get no <laughs> yeah. who you have in your side. You're going to go, yeah, we'll, we'll happily spend the 90 million on him and because you know they'll yeah. probably make money on him in the end of it if, they, if he does want to move on. Chelsea have had quite... Uh, it's, their transfer ban has given them the option to spend this ridiculous amount of money because of the yeah. FFP. So mm. uh, it it does mean that they're going to have a massive summer and it will be interesting to see this new look Chelsea by the end of it. And also it shows that Abramovich does have confidence in Lampard and that it's not just a fan favourite taking over for a season. He is going to be their manager for hopefully the next three, four years. Mm. Because you don't, Mm. you don't give a manager that much money to spend if you're thinking about sacking him. Yeah, it's true. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at what a prediction like you look at this you think Kepper and goal which if that comes good but you think Chilwell Tomori Rudiger uh, Reese James Kante uh, Kovacic and Jorginho midfield with Pulisic Ziyech and Werner that for me is that's ridiculous yeah that, that's Champions League and above <laughs> at, that, at that point and you think I don't I don't know where um, Havertz would come into that but if one of those yeah. midfield free leave, I think if you had uh, Havertz going into there, that would set them for a long time and that would be a, a crazily good... Uh, there is talks of Kante going go to, to Real Madrid. Madrid. Oh, yeah. I heard Real Madrid yeah, as well. Real, but, Real Madrid, yeah. Mm. Uh, Real Madrid. Thing is that it, so he it just sets... Go on, Jambo. Yeah, it just sets that big gap again of the top six. I think you can see this season people are trying to climb and battle against that traditional top six, but... If these teams like United and Chelsea are going to get these signings in, they literally will be on the level of City and Liverpool. There'll be no chance people getting in that gap anymore. Yeah, well, just, it, it is scary to see. If United, if United and um, if United and Chelsea get these signings done and get their squads built, we could mm. see it go back to the original top four. Yeah, not even a top mm. six, and because you think of the amount of catching up that Arsenal and Tottenham will have to do, we know that Arsenal traditionally don't spend a lot of money. Um, and we also know that Tottenham have spent a lot of money on a new stadium, <laughs> yeah. and they've had to yeah. get a £175 million loan in just to stay afloat or whatever it was. So yeah, the, the, the only rumour I've seen with them is signing uh, Silver uh, on a free transfer. I don't know. Signing Silver. David Silver. Tiago Silver. The PSG guy. David Silver's contract at the, up at the end of the season as well. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think, I think he's going further abroad though. Oh, right, okay, Could maybe. go back to Spain. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what, here's an interesting question. What do you think a... Because if you, if you suddenly have a, a crazy good top four compared to a crazy good top two... How do you reckon that would do, you know, confidence-wise in the competitive nature of having four big teams instead of two big teams? Do you reckon that would mean this, the points would then be more spread out instead of just having a, a two-horse race at the top? Or can you still see Liverpool getting all these results with, you know, just the pure think, form they've got? All of that top four can get results against everyone. If, if they perform mm. to the maximum that they can do. I, do yeah. I don't see Liverpool doing as well next year as they have done this year. Um, especially with others stepping up. Um, I don't see them doing as well. And I can see others being closer. It's just, I think, because whenever you, whenever you, especially like a lot of the times this season, if you turn up against a, to, a traditional top six team, you always think that you've got a chance. If it's like Liverpool City, you're sort of more doubting. But against the other four, you, you turn up and you think that you've got a chance to get them. And it just means that next season, if United and Chelsea do it, that's just less of a chance of getting them. Yeah. So, 
But again, like the teams do Aston work. You, you can sign all these players that you want, and like you look at Everton a couple of years back, they signed Sigurdsson, Rooney, and um, uh, Klassen. Klassen. And they tried to play all three of them in the same system. And it didn't <laughs> work. No. It's like you can sign all the quality that you want. You, you still need a fit in that system, and it's whether yeah. United are just going to sign players for name again. It's not going to work, and Solskjaer's going to have to fit three new strikers into their squad. It's, it's yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I think I think that's Chelsea's problem. Is they need to do it smart. I think that's that's more Chelsea than, than United. But do we want to go on to another transfer? And that's Aubameyang. His, his contract runs out at twenty twenty one. So it's another player that could go on a free from Arsenal because you know, that's not happened before in North London. But you know, Arteta's confident in keeping him. Do you think we'll move on? Or do you think he'll sign a new contract? From what I've been seeing on social media, he appears that he's been asked, asking Arsenal to prove to him why he should stay. As I think Arsenal are playing a bit more stingy, as we all know, more of a bit of like a Tottenham, we're not going to spend any money. And I think yeah. I don't see him staying there because he easily could go to any team, I, this is my opinion, any team he wants and win trophies. Where realistically at Arsenal, the best they'll do is an FA Cup. And a player of his performance... I think he deserves to go to another place. He should, he's, he's coming to the later end of his um, career, his prime, I'd say, not career, his yeah. prime form. And I personally wouldn't waste it at Arsenal. Do you think as well, Arsenal currently ninth. The highest we think that they're going to get is eighth. So they're probably <laughs> not even going to get European football this year. So would you really want to be in an Arsenal side that, I mean, Arteta is going to have to build something. So it's not going to be next season they're going to be top four again. They're going to have to have another two seasons where they sort of are and still rebuilding. So would you really want to waste... Because by that time, he'll be 33. Yeah. And that'll be his prime gone. And he, again, like Jamie said, he could go to any of, like most of the top teams in Europe and get in the starting eleven. So why would you not want to move? Apparently, uh... well, it's even from... Oh no, sorry, go on to oh, I'm just even, read from this. Our, even from oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like I'm gonna read it and you talk. I didn't mean like I'm gonna read this out loud. Sorry man. Might as well. Uh, uh, Barcelona Harry, into Milan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, oh, man. <laughs> See this is why you know what, why I do this, Harry? I'll do this. Harry, you ready to talk, ready? Ollie's muted. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right. So I think even Arsenal should be the team that's going to sell him because this is the last time you're going to be able to get 40, 50 million pounds for him. And if he goes right, you've got one more chance and they're eighth by the time next season comes around. He's not signed a new contract. He can talk to other teams in January. So they might as well get the money whilst they can. Because if you're building the team, you're not going to be able to build it around someone that's going to be 33, like Mikey said, when it peaks. So for me, even if I, from both sides of the story, I'd get rid of them and sign a new player. But that's just me. Oh, oh, Ollie, stop yourself. <laughs> I just wanted to read something. I just wanted to say that Barcelona and Inter Milan are interested. That's all I wanted to say. I don't know how old Lacazette is. Give me a sec. Lacazette's 31, isn't he? Give me a sec. I'm on the, I'm on the case. Lacazette? Do we mean Aubameyang? No, so Lacazette's 29. He'll be 30 at the end of May. Yeah, there you go. birthday in two days, so... There you go. The problem with Arsenal in the previous few years is they've signed players in their peak rather than just before their peak. You look at those two. Pepe's a good example because he's not quite as his peak yet when he signed. And same with Gabriel Martinelli. But the problem is the two focal players, their two best players in their squads, are already peak or past their peak. So for me, they're going to be in the transitional phase for the next two or three seasons. And they're going to have to ship a lot of players. I like the Mustafis, like the um, Socrates. He's done well, but he's not a future for Arsenal. Mm. Even even, even players was... like Hex Berlin, Tierney, you know, they're going to stay. Terrell's going to stay. Guendouzi's going to stay. Ozil's almost at the end of his absolute peak, especially now because he's not, he's getting paid a lot. So that's a wage that they've got to get rid of as well. So there's, there's a lot of changes that have to have at Arsenal. And that's why they've got a manager like Arteta because he's not going to leave. He's not going to go anywhere. So if they trust him, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, they've got a decent core though to that Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a decent core to build on. It's just about getting the right ones there as well. Mm. But, uh, 
the quality's not quite there. They, like you look at the centre backs that they've got after their like Mustafi, David Luiz, and uh, Socrates. It's Holding and Chambers, and you're thinking if they're those three are coming towards the end of their peak, those two probably aren't the quality that they need to go into the Champions mm, League. Yeah. So that'll be young centre backs they'll have to bring in as well. So mm. I think it's a whole squad rebuild for Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Any and- more I don't know. I think that... Right. What... Oh, so we've got two more. One's about Usman Dembele, and he might be going to Liverpool. That's what the Daily Express are saying. You know, he's had a bit of an unsuccessful career at Barcelona. He's still played 50 games for 135.5 million. He's been ruined by injuries. But Liverpool want him. How would you see him fit into that system? Because they've already got Mane, Salah in those two positions. Do you think one of those are going to move on for him then to come in? I think he'll be Mane. I think Mane... Hmm is the most likely out of the three to move on. Because um, mm. I think I think he's got a bigger peak than Salah does. I think I mm. think he's still got something to kick on. I think Salah's at his peak right now. Mm. So mm. I think Mane's got somewhere to kick on. I've always seen him like moving on to Real Madrid at some point. So if they come in and bid, because Real Madrid are rebuilding as well, they come in and with a bid for Mane, I think Mane will be off and they'll just use the money to get Dembele. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Dembele's, what, 23, says here. Um, how's he done? He's got eight goals, five assists in 29 appearances in the Liga. So not great, but by no means uh, probably what Barcelona are hoping for. And I don't think Barcelona are that patient. They normally demand excellence straight away, don't they? So, mm. But um, especially how cutthroat they were over Coutinho as well. Definitely, they yeah. A year and a half, and then he was out on London Bayern Munich. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think Barcelona wouldn't be too unhappy to get Dembele off the books, and as long as the price is right, I can see Dembele going to Liverpool. Only if Mane leaves, though, because Klopp's not one for spending a ridiculous amount of money on a player that he's not going to put into that starting um uh, starting eleven. Mm. And also, you've got the um, Minamito guy as well. He's still there. Yeah. He still hasn't really been given the chance yet. So, That's true. see if he's given the chance. I can see it happening because he's a player that Klopp or and Liverpool really in general can make profit out of because he's not even at his peak yet. Like you said, he's only 23. Struggled through injury. But as long as I can get him for a reasonable fee, not 135 million, but maybe 70, 80, 90, in five years' time, we want to sell him on to maybe back to Real Madrid or Barcelona. So. Oh, so I was reading out his last season um, this season he's only played five matches with one goal and no assists I was reading that as 2018-19 season so uh, oh, about the, I, think, I think he struggled with a hamstring injury this yeah. season I think that's why he's, he's not been, been anywhere near the starting 11 quite obviously because he does, he's injured so he can't play <laughs> uh, but the final one is Sancho would consider a return to Manchester City amongst you know Arsenal not Arsenal obviously not Arsenal Manchester United have been linked. Chelsea have been linked. He's got 19 goals this season, along with 19 assists. I think it's the first thing this player to get 15 of each of those since Matt Letiz. Hey, Southampton. But, uh, where, where, do you, where do you think he's going to go? Do you think he's going to go? Does he need to go? I don't see him. Well, I, if I were him, if I were most players, I wouldn't <laughs> go to 50. Because you look at the quality of winger that they've got. They've got Sane, Mares, Sterling, Bernardo Silva. And it's mm. just like, do you really want to challenge that? Where you could just, you could easily walk into a United or a Chelsea. So, like, I, unless, I can see him wanting to push himself. But do you really want to go back to City, the club that didn't want to give you a chance in the first place? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, what about the other side of Manchester know. then? Do we think uh, Manchester United reunion could be interesting or slots in mm-hmm. perfectly? I mm. think they I don't really over Chelsea. Yeah, I think it's like they Manu, Manchester United don't really need to sign any. They they obviously need to sign players, and I'm not the scout, and I'm not I'm mean, not in charge <laughs> of their transfers, so I don't know who they're looking at. But apart from maybe a left back maybe a left back I think Sancho is that sort of person to complete their attack you've got Bruno in the middle Martial on the left Sancho yeah. on the right 
and Rashford up front with Greenwood on the bench. I think that's phenomenal. I think that's yeah. I think that's top four, maybe top three challenging. So if I was Sancho, I'd ditch City, the team that didn't want to try me. I'd say to Chelsea, I know I support you as a club, but Manchester United are the best option. And probably, to be fair, they're going to pay the highest wage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky enough. Yeah, not good. Um, I was just looking at he's Bristol Dortmund's top goal scorer, 17 goals this season, 0.68 assists per 90. So he's definitely added a contribution that way as well. So it, it really looks like he, he would make an impact straight away and it would be a lot of money. But at the tender age of 20, plenty of room to keep going. In there. Crazy, I see him being the new number seven for United. Let's make it happen. If he keeps up the form, like United will always have the money to get him. So would you give it a year with the squad that Dortmund's building with Haaland and Brandt as well? Like, and with the players that they are being linked with, Dortmund want to bring in Jude Bellingham apparently as well. Would you give it a year or two and just see because he is yeah. so yeah. he has plenty of time left in his career to move and make uh, would you give it time at Dortmund to see if they can challenge for a Champions League it doesn't need to go that's the thing like you're saying this age it doesn't need to go Is it, apart from overall club size and maybe history is Manchester United that more appetising than Dortmund Champions League football not yet known but for Dortmund it is league challenging Dortmund yes Manchester United maybe two or three seasons away for me if I was him I think Dortmund are closer than ever to regaining a Bundesliga title and with the squad like you said that they're building I think there's no real need to leave yet but the money plus coming back to England I don't know if that's a big priority for him but some people it is coming to the Premier League I I probably wouldn't leave to be honest with you I'd give it another season maybe two see what the squad's looking like and also see what other teams are interested because if he does another season where he gets 20 goals and 20 assists and Barcelona Real Madrid are looking at you I'd go actually Manchester United I'd rather go to Real Madrid or Barcelona to be honest with you because he is the sort of player that I He's one of the three or four in world football that can get into any team at any point at yeah. this moment in time. So I think Manchester United, yes, it's a good option, but I think they're so much better if he just holds and waits at just the edge of 20. I'd, I'd say probably the perfect time because Haaland's got two years, he got two years on his contract and then there's a release clause in there about yeah, 63. Um, mm. I'd wait till then, to be fair. Um, and <laughs> just see what you can do with Haaland and then if it doesn't work for two years you can be off too and Dortmund yeah. will probably make more money off them so I think it's best for both of them to be fair there you go okay is that all of our transfer rumours summed up then? That, that's the top four transfer oh, rumours that I, I've got for today so okay. next time there'll be fresh ones okay Ooh. well maybe that can be a returning feature then has anyone got anything else to add before we finish up for this week we may be doing a daily podcast. It could be something that if you would be interested in, I, I'd be up for it. I don't know whether there would be a split on us if oh, we yes. wanted to do daily <laughs> ones. But... I'll be here every single day. If okay, Harry's going to be, be there. there. I'll be there because I have. After my to... birthday, I'll be there once I finish university work. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I'll might just... be <laughs> okay so if that would be something you're interested in and you want to see a daily podcast of summaries of previews all that kind of stuff then uh, you know <laughs> give us a shout and we'll uh, we'll go for it um, but yeah thank you very much for listening for the first episode of In The Stands